Welcome back to Trending in Education. Mike Palmer, Dan Strafford, along with you. We have a very special guest to discuss LinkedIn's announcement recently of getting into the assessment game. Always want to check in with Mike first. Mike, how you doing? I'm doing well. And uh, with LinkedIn getting into the assessment game, uh, Holly, our esteemed guest, will help talk about how Kaplan has long been in the assessment game and how she's helping us continue to play that role. I'm thinking it might be time for trending in education to get into the assessment game. I think we need to design assessments to certify people as being qualified to talk about trends in education. Uh, it's it's something we will explore uh, in the in 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 the coming weeks and months, and even hopefully in this conversation with Holly. But uh, but yeah, it's a really uh, it's an interesting time to be in uh, skill development and assessments. Uh, makes a lot of sense for LinkedIn to get in there and. Uh, we're really excited to have Holly on the show. So, uh, so let's, uh, let's pick up there. Thanks guys. Super excited to be here. Super excited to be talking about what I think is a really great step from LinkedIn. I will talk about later exactly the how and the what, but anytime we see an option for people to take advantage of education in a non-traditional way, it just means that we're increasing access and equity. And I, it's just, it's great to see. Yeah, and uh, just kind of building on that real quick, Holly, uh, who uh, we've tried to get you on in a few capacities. This is the right capacity. This is like your wheelhouse. We're super excited to talk to you about this. But like one of the ideas that you're kind of touching on there is if we develop rigorous assessments that can actually determine whether someone has a skill or not, that can allow for the genuine disruption of a lot of the ways in which people get jobs. Uh, and the fact that LinkedIn is leaning in here is really interesting. Um, do you have any thoughts on how this might allow for new avenues into career paths that maybe the maybe traditionally weren't aren't there for folks like if the idea is you got to go to a prestigious four-year ivy league to get your degree and then you gotta you know intern and do whatever you need to do to kind of advance uh in your life it does feel like by virtue of good assessments and we can come back to that later you know are the assessments rigorous enough do you really know whether people have the skills that they're tested for is is a really interesting question we'd love to explore with you but let's assume you can do that in a, in a relatively rigorous way. What are some thoughts around how that might change, uh, change the roadmap for folks who are trying to figure out how do I accelerate myself forward in, in terms of my career? Well, there's a, I actually have a great story that is literally from 24 hours ago. I rode home in my Uber um, mm. with my cab driver who um, is from Cairo, Cairo, Egypt. He's got a master's degree from a, a school in Cairo. He's a horticulturist started his own company, had pretty good experience. He was talking about he had used some online tools like AutoCAD and some other relatively sophisticated tools. He's been looking for a job for 14 years. Mm. So he's not the traditional college age student. He's, you know, past that. He's got a grown family. He was, you know, well in his 50s, but plenty of working time, really wanted to do something different. And we spent, no joke, we spent our whole ride home. And I was asking him like, Hey, have you heard of Coursera? Have you heard of edX? Have you heard of these things? He, and he, his answer was yes, but it doesn't matter. Like no one views that as education. No one views mm -hmm. that as like, I have proficiency by doing this. And so I think what LinkedIn has done, which is super exciting. Again, if the, if we can back it up with 
you know, reliability and validity. Um, they've given someone like him the chance to be able to go and say, okay, I'm going to prove that I can do these things. And I think for someone like that, the, the non-traditional student, which is now the traditional student, right? We mm -hmm. don't have as many 18 to 22 years as we do adults in education mm -hmm. in the U S. And so if that gives him the chance to go, he can, you know, maybe there's a credential, I think like Excel was in there and there was, what were some of the other, there was some, you know, but can he go get an Excel credential? Can he get a Microsoft Word credential? Can he get some sort of informational literacy, locating information certificate? Can he get, um, you know, what about like the marketing things we use? I'm Pardot, Hootsuite, Hootsuite yeah. uh, Salesforce. Like if he could go and get meaningful badges and they knew, here's the key, the employer knew that they could come in on day one and be able to run those tools. Right. Like wouldn't that be such a better job than than the fact that he's, you know, nothing wrong with Uber, but he's driving Uber right now. And he has all these other talents, obviously, to give, but has been stymied in trying to get a job because he can't demonstrate that he has these credentials. Mm -hmm. So I think it's a, I think it's awesome. I think it's similar to what we're seeing happen in sort of the disruption in higher education, too, which is, you know, students are kind of going, do I, do I really need to go to college and graduate with a tremendous amount of debt? Mm -hmm. And is that my path? So I, I think there's, I, I'm happy to see LinkedIn has, has done this. I think the question will be, help me understand LinkedIn, how the assessments you've created actually allow students to demonstrate proficiency when we're talking about like, you know, uh, short multiple choice questions. Right. So I think that's my question. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, another related question is, did your Uber driver tip you? Because it does sound like you provided... <laughs> You provided him with a ton of value in that in that ride. Sounds some career coaching, maybe some tips on uh, uh, which Coursera courses and certifications he may want to pursue. So uh, good job by you. And uh, you know, if folks are out there in the the, the ride sharing uh, universe, uh, Holly Garner, uh, you know, she's out there at least on Uber, maybe on Lyft. Uh, worth uh, worth uh, worth giving a ride somewhere uh, apparently. So 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 thank you for that. Um, and. Uh, I think the question of assessment immediately uh, jumps front and center and uh, wanted to, you have some good news on that front uh, recently as well, right? So uh, can you catch folks up a little bit on your background around assessments and then, uh, you know, you got, a, you got a little bit of PR yourself around uh, how you're involved yeah. in the assessment space. So can you give, uh, give our listeners a little bit of uh, context around yeah your background and uh, some of your recent news? Yeah, absolutely. So I did, I, it was, I, it might've been the, the first time I've seen sort of a press release with my name in it. So that was exciting. Um, so together with a colleague at ACT, Diane Henderson, um, she and I were named the co-editors for the Journal in Applied Testing Technology, the JAT, mm -hmm. Mac, JAT um, journal. It's peer reviewed, uh, indexed with the Library of Congress. So a great chance for people to showcase. But the interesting thing about this journal is that we don't actually go to print publication. It's online only. Mm -hmm. So in a world where, uh, you know, expediency of information is king, we really think that this is a nice option to be able to like push things out more quickly. So mm -hmm. we're looking at uh, mostly like, you know, applied testing technology, those things. But, you know, what are some interesting things going on in our space? What are new things? We look at articles to, you know, make sure they contribute to the the field in general, that it's not something that's already sort of well known and out there, but we're really looking to push the boundaries 
around things like we're talking about today. Like what are some of the, how do we get a short quiz? So this would be a great question for a researcher that, you know, some expertise in adaptive testing could help walk us through, like how do we get a really great way to know if someone's proficient using only multiple choice quiz questions? Is that, you know, really possible? So all sorts of research that help us think about the jobs that we do every day at Kaplan and, and certainly I won't speak for my co-editor at ACT, but certainly things that they think about as they think about testing and assessment and, and all of those things. So, so we're super excited to edit the journal. We're call for proposals. Let me just go ahead and put that out there yeah. right now. Anyone uh, submit, we're happy to talk you through if there are you know, questions or you want to talk about the focus. So we'd love to take, the, uh, take those things. And you know, it really does tie in nicely to you know, what's the cutting edge? What are the researchers thinking about when it comes to things like this? And it gives us like a firsthand preview to go, oh, this is, you know, this is what, you know, the research community has uncovered, or this is what we're thinking about. And I think it, you know, selfishly, I think at Kaplan, then we have sort of a head start in helping to think through those things. Yeah, no, it makes a ton of sense. And congratulations uh, for, for that. And uh <laughs> There's a lot involved in creating assessments, and uh, I think when folks first think of Kaplan, they they probably think about preparing people for the assessment rather than designing the assessment itself. So I think a lot of people might not realize that there are people at Kaplan who really career professionals who think about assessment design, and uh, you know the LinkedIn announcement is really interesting in that. Uh, to your point there's a great big wide beautiful world of things that we could design assessments for um can you talk about what's involved in designing assessments and how to make sure that let's say you are linkedin or you are uh, maybe wanting to get published in this journal is there a right way of thinking about uh assessment design and um and uh you know just based on your experience um are there some pitfalls or some risks around bad assessment design that people should be on the lookout for? Absolutely. So absolutely. And I want to touch on something you said about sort of Kaplan, that there are career professionals that do this. The truth is good teachers really deeply understand the standards that they're teaching to. And the standards are often sort of the seminal document that's used to create the assessments that you're studying for. Mm -hmm. And so there's absolutely like a really direct tie between what are the standards created? What are the assessments that are created? And how is the curriculum crafted around those? So you can learn the things you're supposed to learn to pass the test at the end. So mm -hmm. certainly a process. Um, most of the times with like some of these skills, like as I looked at the LinkedIn thing, um, it would start with like a, right, a, a task analysis or a job task analysis where you go, what are the things that we and the we is whoever is involved in creating the assessment what are the things that we think are valuable or, or if someone could do x y and z would that mean that they're good at microsoft excel mm -hmm. so microsoft word or whatever the the whatever the content area is mm -hmm. so you start there and you say okay well these 15 or 20 things are important to be able to do and then you sort of break out what the skills are within each of those and then ideally you can create you know standards around them or some sort of uh, documentation that allows us to quantify what it is someone's trying to learn when they go through it. And then you you go through like a facilitation of item writing. You sit down with experts and say, okay, given this standard, what are some ways we could uh, approach it in terms of asking what's the question we could ask to 
be able to um, to elicit the appropriate answer from the student and you sort of build those and you know you build all those questions typically they go through a field testing you kind of look at how the item performs did you know everyone get the item wrong did everyone get the item right look for you know reasons that the item may not have performed some do some more sophisticated analyses and then ultimately construct the form right so I might want one form for um, to use all the time but let's say I've got a lot of people taking the test and I don't want everyone to take the same test because they're going to just all share their answers on the internet I'm mm -hmm. probably going to create a couple forms I want to make sure those forms are all the same so if I take one form and you take the other form and you get a 70 and I get a 60, that that's actually a meaningful difference. We need to sort of account for that. Mm -hmm. So we'll put together the forms and then, you know, you set them up. It appears you can take them right through a, right through LinkedIn, right? So yeah. forms out there and I go take it and I'm scored and my proficiency is uh, given to me. And apparently I get a badge too, right? On LinkedIn. Is that yes. how the it's working? I think so. I mean, this is very, this is trending in education. So this stuff's just emerging. So we're doing research uh, as we speak, but, uh, but yeah, and uh, it does, uh, I was joking as we were getting started, but like, I kind of want to take some assessments as someone who's traditionally tested well, I kind of want to take tests on things I have no knowledge of, just to see if I could hot dog my way into some badges. Because, because uh, also I want to say, we don't need no stinking badges, but I think I may actually need them. So uh, when you're uh -huh. trying to get trying to get employed, this does seem like a place you're looking for your next job. Yeah. Is there a lot of risk? Do they do they publish whether you got whether you failed? Uh -huh. uh, you know, like there's some interesting uh, questions there that I think would be worth exploring. But uh, but I also think since we have an expert here, you know, uh, some of the terms daguerre that i think we should talk about are you know item response theory and psychometrics so like i know those are areas that you have deep domain knowledge we at kaplan spend a lot of time in this area folks at act where you have uh, plenty of connections into um you know big testing companies um can you just give like a top level summary of what item response theory is and what psychometrics is because i think that's uh that was sort of implicit in some of what you were describing um and then the other uh buzzword bingo uh terms to put out there is the difference between a summative assessment and a formative yeah. one um so just because many of our yeah. listeners may not have much depth of knowledge around what's involved in designing an assessment uh, I just thought I'd do some buzzword bingo with you with uh, item response theory, uh, psychometrics, and uh, what was the third one? It was, uh, oh, summative versus formative, because those are all, those those words uh, bounce around the halls of Kaplan all the time, but folks on the outside may not hear them. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, I imagine folks at LinkedIn are thinking about them as they're launching these skills assessments. Uh, can you just give us a quick run through of uh, just the domain for folks who might be new to some of those ideas? Sure. So, um, gosh, where to start? I didn't know I'd be tested today. Yeah, I know. I know. You, you make it a badge at the end, too, if you do well. So, so fingers crossed. So, so first, let's talk about the difference between formative and summative. Sure. So I've often heard, like, it's sort of the easiest, and I've often heard, like, formative assessment is assessment for learning. Mm. So the idea is that the person looking at the results or the person interpreting how they did is the actual student or the teacher who's helping a student learn. 
right? It's designed for me to be able to understand what I know and don't know, or for a teacher to understand what I know and don't know, so they can impact the instruction I get, or I can impact what it is I focus on. Summative assessment is typically, it's, you know, there's, we've got, you know, the No Child Left Behind, um, which was uh, Bush era. uh, Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, we created a bit of a need for summative assessment in this country, but we we always sort of equate it to, um, like when you can take your children to the doctor and the doctor mm-hmm. says they're in this percentile for this, for their height and their weight. And I think their head size rolls in yes. there. Or something yes. like that. Yeah. So, you know, it gives you a nice benchmark to understand where your kid compares to all the other kids, kind of the right. same assessment. It's just a comparison where you stand in relationship to other people. And typically a summative assessment is a one-time event done at the end of a particular course of study. Yep. So, Formative happens a lot. It's designed to help me. Summative is maybe a benchmark kind of done at the end. And maybe you it's, get a ba- maybe you get a badge after a summative assessment. More you're likely. really key on these badges. I love I, badges. I still have some questions about badges. I won't lie. Sure, sure, I, sure. My my real thing is like, who has to say it's good for the badge to be meaningful? Like a badge in and of itself. Like if I create a badge on trending an assessment and I say. Well, if your name's Holly, you get a badge because you're right. really good. Yeah. But I can't give Dan the badge because he's not named Holly. So right. who am I to say what the qualifications are to receive a badge? And I think that's where badging it. I'm a big fan. I've known about, I've, I knew Credly back when it was still yeah. a product of Pearson and the people mm-hmm. that have worked super hard there, like uh, Jaron Schmidt and, and uh, Peter Janza, like great work. They're doing a great thing. But the fundamental underlying assumption around badges is that someone or some authority said that the content included in a specific training was worth a badge. And so I still think everything is predicated on who that person is saying that that is worth a badge. So it's completely separate issue. We should have a separate show on badges. Yeah, for sure. And and not, but then now LinkedIn is saying they are the credentialer. You're right. Of these skills based on the summative, see the way I'm tying it together, Holly? Like, like, so like they're saying we've come up with the summative assessment for Microsoft Excel, for example. And then if you hit a criteria based on this assessment, you know, you hit this minimum threshold or this, this level, you're going to get a something on your LinkedIn that may make you more, more employable downstream which to me opens questions around how rigorous is their psychometrics and and are there people who are just good at assessment who will be able to do well on those standardized tests so they'll maybe become more employable without really being able to demonstrate the skills in a more um, like on the job realistic way and i know i know we're tight on time because you have a hard stop but this is a really interesting conversation well that sort of brings back i mean you've tied it all together in terms of like the definition of psychometrics and then going into item response theory so if linkedin is has psychometricians and is following sort of there's an apa american psychological association sort of agreed upon approach for creating high stakes testing or creating assessment if they're following that and there's some level of rigor given to the process and stuff, then, you know, we can all feel fairly comfortable that the test measures what it intends to measure, which is like the first rule of creating assessments, only use a test for what it was intended to measure. Mm -hmm. But psychometrics, just to answer your question, if you think of psycho, not the movie, but psycho and metric, 
it's a field of study concerned with the theory and technique of psychological measurement, psycho being the thinking, and then metrics being the measurement thing. So mm-hmm. measurement. So within psychometrics, there's a host of like scientific methods used to um, to create the to create many different models that are used to make sure that a test actually is doing what it's supposed to do. So yep. item response theory is one of those very specific models. Um, and, and adaptive right. testing and like, there's plenty of like, as Ethel Merman uh, once said, uh, you know, it's better to sing one song too few than one song too many. Uh, I know our time is tight, but hopefully we've enticed our audience by introducing them to Holly and also talking to them more about the how assessment is really a critical component in the future of work. You know, yeah. how whether it's a multiple choice question, an adaptive test, do they, does it need to be more uh, realistic simulations? Um, yeah. There's plenty more to talk about. Uh, Dan, we're tight on time. I know Holly doesn't have, uh, you know, she's in demand because she's got these, these highly credentialed uh, skills. Uh, and I don't know if she has badges. We didn't ask to see a badge, uh, but, uh, but, uh, but we've, we've been pretty happy with what we've had so far. Uh, any way to bring it home, Dan? Because I know we're, 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 we're close to wrapping it up. I, I think the future assessments of assessments is where we go. So this will be an ongoing discussion here on Trending in Education. We'll bring Holly back whenever she is available. Uh, great first foray here on TIE. We appreciate it, Holly. And uh, good luck with uh, the editorship you uh, took on there. Congratulations from me as well. Uh, plenty available at trendingineducation.com as well as on Stitcher and iTunes and Google of our back catalog. You'll hear more about assessments, LinkedIn, and these companies who are moving forward with technology and future episodes. Thanks so much for listening to Trending in Education.